Hello, everyone. This is Kat Davis with Worth Living Mental Health, and I'm here today with Keith Anderson and Katie Combo. Um, hey guys. Hi, Kat. Hi, Katie. Hi, guys. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, how to care for your loved ones with mental illness. So this isn't just for people with mental illness. Definitely bring your friend family and friends along um, if anyone is kind of concerned about, oh, how do I approach this person? How can I care for this person? How can I lift them up and not put them down? Then this will be a really good podcast for you guys. Um, This is a very opinionated um, sort of question. Everyone has different ways that they think of when they want to be treated, when they want to be cared for. Um, so that's why this will hopefully really be a really good discussion. You'll get to hear three different people's opinion, people with different mental illness, um, different experiences, different parts of the world. So hopefully this will be a good talk and I'm going to let Katie share her experiences first. Yeah. So I think that for everyone, it's obviously going to be a very different opinion. It's going to be a different perspective. Um, For myself, I have found the most helpful way for someone to assist me with my mental illness is first and foremost, listening. And what I mean by listening is letting me get everything off my chest without trying to problem solve or fix it. Um, I find that we tend to when we have loved ones and they're dealing with some sort of pain, all we want to do is try to immediately solve the problem. And the thing is, as a, as a support to someone who's mentally ill, you are not their therapist. You're not their psychologist or psychiatrist. You're not there to give them the quickest solution. You're there just to support. So what I find really helpful is just listening validating that person's feelings. Like if I'm going to go to my parents or to one of my best friends and say, I'm having the worst time, I'm feeling like I'm in so much pain. What I really want from them is to tell me, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. And that sucks because, you know, at the end of the day, it does suck. Um, And a lot of the time too, I, I really try to encourage my friends who are dealing with, with other people that are dealing with mental illness Um, you know, going out and doing normal things, go to the movies, go for a walk, go and distract that person, like go and do one of your favorite hobbies or be there with them, just doing something fun. It may not be the most fun occasion at the moment, but I I think that we tend to view our mentally ill friends and family members as like, there are patients and we need to fix them and solve them right now. But that is, in my opinion, not uh, your role as a, you know, as a loved one. So that's sort of how I viewed it for myself over the years. I have my therapy, I have my, um, my, you know, therapy team, and I have my non-therapy team. They're both support systems, but they give very different kinds of support. I totally agree. I totally agree with that, Katie. Um, I remember that there was one Christmas I was in between mental hospitals. It was before I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Well, for Christmas, I got 
uh, those adult coloring books from like three or four different people. It was like, oh, <laughs> this person has a mental illness. What do they need? Color. An adult coloring book. <laughs> so like that, that's such an ex- it's a harmless example but it's an example of people treating you differently because you're going through a mental illness when it's like it's still Christmas like you could get me whatever I want like I just thought it was hilarious I've never received a an adult coloring book before or after that oh my god I love that that's yeah they're so like good intentioned and that's the thing you could be totally well-intentioned trying to help someone and it still may not have the same results as you would like and that's why you ask questions like this totally totally as long as you don't try to act like a know-it-all about my bipolar disorder because no matter what Mm -hmm. the only person who's going to know it the best is me know my particular disorder and my experience Mm -hmm. but ask all the questions you want be willing to listen definitely listen and learn I would say I don't want to be talking to a brick wall I want someone who's actively trying to learn and be better for me Mm -hmm. definitely yeah you're spot on there Kat okay and in terms of saying you know it starts with you okay and and you know my experience okay as some may know um I was diagnosed with depression in 2003 and had a breakdown of five days later and I would spend a number of months in bed pretty much, okay, a couple of years at home. But for weekly therapy, I was the, the thrill of the week was to go to therapy. Um, and my family and myself, I had no clue what depression was, what uh, a panic attack was, um, what anxiety was. So it was a learning curve, pretty steep one. And well-intentioned, okay, my mother, my sister, husband, okay, niece and nephew, phenomenal people great family okay you know support you know solid um and you know we would learn from my therapist she would suggest certain things that i undertake in in the coming week and we would then try to do so okay um you know follow her guide which is very helpful um i had two friends come forward to to offer help now this is you know some of you of you have heard my you know uh, i take uh, the soapbox at this one um, you know, two friends out of many, okay, who came forward. If, if, if I had a heart attack or, or cancer, it would have been a cute lunch. I'm gonna have to work to come visit me, okay? Depression, anxiety, nobody but two. Um, and both of whom said to me, Keith, I don't know what to do, but we'll figure it out, which is probably the best thing they could have said, okay? They didn't know about depression, anxiety, you know, how it was behaving or living or, or feeling about things. So, you know, they just simply reached out and said, we'll, we'll, we'll do something. One of them used to take me for a drive around the city. I, I left the house and we went for a drive. That was huge to do. So it's, you know, but it, it all started within me. I had to learn, okay, you know, could I go for a drive today? Okay, okay. Could, I, could I handle that, that situation? Okay, could I um, go for lunch with my mother perhaps? Okay, could I do these kinds of things? Um, didn't know. Okay, I had, I had to learn it the hard way. Okay, um, some days did not go well. It's not linear in terms of even helping, you know, there are bumps and, and it gets sidetracked at times. Um, and then there's things that don't work. They're, they're, they're the tough ones. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember one day I had this plan. Out of, it, 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 I had three things I wanted to accomplish one day. Okay. I want to get new glasses, get new sneakers. I think go to chapters for some books. Okay. Had all figured out the, the, the process and which one to go to at first and so on. And somebody suggested uh, you know, the complete reverse in the morning as, as we were leaving to go. 
and the whole day was just a mess. About the ugly glasses I could possibly find. Okay, the sneakers didn't fit. I don't think. Okay, it was. It, it just threw me off. Okay, so some things don't work. Best of intention, like 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 we've been saying, but some things don't work, and you learn it. Okay, you don't you don't get harsh about it. You you learn that doesn't work. We we won't do that again. And and that's you should have to be open minded about the whole thing. Yeah, and you have to learn about what works with yourself in order to pass that on to your loved ones. Mm, exactly. It's not just uh, a perfect formula. Everyone is going to mm-hmm. do this in order to feel better or in order to fix the situation, right? Like you nope. can have two people with bipolar disorder, two people with OCD, two people with depression, mm-hmm. and they're all going to have very different coping skills and they're all going to have, sure. uh, they're all going to want their loved ones to do different things in order to assist them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as you get healthier, that changes as well, right? You can, yes. You can venture forth and do more for rounds. Okay. You can go for lunch. It's more a certain thing that I can, I have the means by which to go for lunch today. Okay. To, to go to open public today. Um, I could not do it last year, but, but, but I can do it now. Um, yes. You know, and and, and mm-hmm. that, that comes with some self-confidence, I think, that kicks in. Okay. Some understanding uh, of, of what you're capable of doing. Okay. Um, you know, setting goals that are pretty much achievable, not setting goals that are, that are like beyond, you know, you can never accomplish them, you know. Um, and again, that comes from within, I think. You know? Yeah, and it definitely comes with what stage of your mental illness you're at. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, are you in the deep end of it or are you in the recovering portion mm-hmm. of it? Because mm-hmm. that's going yep. to influence how people should treat you. Yeah, totally. And but and as different like. I'd say first and foremost, if you're caring with someone with a mental illness, definitely check to make sure, okay, are they seeming, are they in the recovery phase or are they in the Mm -hmm. kind of going back down? That's super important Mm -hmm. for you to be aware of because it it can definitely affect how you treat them. Um, If I'm not getting out of bed, then come get in bed with me or Mm -hmm. call me on the phone so we can talk on the phone. But if I'm out and I have like 10 things I need to do with a day, don't try to slow me down and say, Oh, no, like, do you really think you can do that? Well, if I'm in my recovery phase, yeah, I probably can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yep. so it's just like whenever you are taking care of someone else, you need to you have more ways to know about someone other than just asking them. You can see their body language. You mm-hmm. can see the trends mm-hmm. of how they've been acting the days prior um, and even acting that day, you know, mm-hmm. and that's super important. Um yep to always keep that in mind because mental illness is not stagnant. It changes. Mm, definitely changes. I, yes. That. Yeah. I'm, oh, sorry. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, maybe this is an also kind of unpopular opinion, but I was thinking about myself and I was at a stage of my mental health where I was suicidal and my parents kind of forced me to go to the hospital And it kind of made me think about how, you know, even if you are in a, in a part of your mental health journey, when you're at a deep end, your loved ones may know what to do, what's best Mm -hmm. for you when you may not. Because I remember thinking like, I was really upset when my, when my parents brought me to the hospital, but at the same time, they were 
thinking about, okay, we need what's going to be best for her. And right now she's in a state of being where she can't even decide that for herself. And they're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I couldn't. Yeah. So that alone is something that I think you have to consider. Like we may not like the choices that our loved ones make. And for the most part, you do want them to listen. And my family mm-hmm. was listening to me, but mm-hmm. there got to a point where they were like, she doesn't want to go to the hospital, but she's suicidal. Like this yeah. isn't a safe environment for her anymore. Right. And yeah. that's something yes. we have to yeah. think about. Um, sometimes your loved ones are going to be the ones that have the solution. They're going to mm-hmm. have to make the tough decision for you. Mm-hmm. That let's be honest. Like yeah. how many people, how many people who get into a mental hospital do so of their own accord? It's not that many. <laughs> Most even if, <laughs> even if it's technically voluntary, yeah. someone brought you there. Someone is, yep. sh- showed up, especially if you're going through a psychotic break or just whatever have you. If you have the means to get yourself to that place, get yourself checked in. Like that is mm-hmm. a strong person that is stronger than I was yeah. when I was in the throes yep. of my mental illness. Yep. For make the hard sure. decision, yep. right? Yeah, and it's definitely. a hard decision. They don't want to lose your and everything yep. like that. So yeah. it, it is something that, you know, you do have to think about. In some cases, you have to make those hard decisions for the people that you love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. In, in, in my darkest days, I still trusted my family. Mm. Okay. To make the right decisions for me. Okay. Um, well-intentioned, the best of intentions. Okay. Wonderful intentions. Okay. You know, nothing but, you know, love and care coming forth from them to me. And in my darkest days, I, I, I held on to that. Okay. And, and like I said, you know, sometimes we need to make the right decisions and we learn. Okay. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean we're wrong. Okay. And I, I followed their lead. I had to. I mean, I, I had no lead myself. I had nothing within myself to, to sort of lead or follow. Okay. Whereas they did. And I, I, I went with them. You know, um, and both of you have, have mentioned the idea of listening. You know, I mean, I listen to them. Yeah, that's an and important it, part. You of know, the- it, it's yeah. huge. Exactly. You know, and, and I had nothing within myself, I, you know, and I, I went with them. That was it. Okay. Absolutely. You know, and, and to get into the idea of recovery, you know, um, you know, I, I, it's sort of education, you know, an educational process to let people know there is recovery for mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. so many people don't think don't think that don't realize that okay they don't get that part at all i think that's something we ought to be able to, to you know from this podcast and, and going forward you know to sort of you know recognize that and, and, and to take that soapbox and talk about the idea of recovery from yeah. mental health yes that's huge. definitely yeah definitely so i'm going to start my section by telling you my about my roommates um my second year Um, when I had my breakdown and I'm going to tell you guys about this because they are a great example of what to do. Mm. Um, I'd never been diagnosed with a mental illness, had not shown any signs as far as I knew. So my, my roommates did not know what they were looking for, did not know what to expect, had never heard the term bipolar come out of my mouth ever, except for perhaps inappropriately, but not actually (laughs) talking about myself. Um, and I had a breakdown and they found me. I was in the bathroom. I had locked the doors and I was, I had cut myself and I was laying in the bathtub full of blood and they knocked on the door knocked on the door, knocked on the door. I wasn't answering. 
wasn't answering. They kept knocking. One of them kept knocking. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the other one was looking all over the apartment, finding every single knife, my car keys, finding any all my pills that I had, anything that I could possibly use to harm myself. She took it all, honestly made our apartment a mess, threw it all in her in her room, locked that door, took the only key away. So there was no way that I was going to be able to harm myself that night. Mm -hmm. Knocking on the door, knocking on the door. They tried to get um, emergency uh, mental health services from school They to call me. They called me and I freaked out because I was so upset and hung up, but they still tried to do that. That's a huge thing is to know when you need help. And they knew they needed help. Knocked on the door. Finally, I answered. They I dried me off, put me in bed, stayed with me the whole night, just checking on me. They did like almost everything exactly perfect, like you would want it to be. Um, just incredible. I I am like so thankful for them. I'm thankful for my life because of them. But they went into survival mode. They went into this is an emergency. We're gonna take drastic measures. Sure, like maybe I wouldn't have taken all my pills tonight. But honestly, from what I remember of that night, I very well could have so that was very smart of them Mm -hmm. to take anything that I could possibly harm myself with and get it out because that was the first thing and I'm just so thankful for them you know it was for sure awesome it's almost so that too the the way did it was almost primal like they just even if they didn't have the mental health literacy there's just this instinct in them that said, these are the things we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. Yes, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it didn't take any level of training. Neither of them have training in mental health, as far as I know, at all. Um, no level. They, As far as I know, they haven't had to deal with that um, as face on as they dealt with it that night and the weeks after. But they just did what felt right, their gut instinct, their primal instinct, and made Mm -hmm. sure I was Mm -hmm. safe before anything else. And I think that is so important. Same with your parents when they took you to the hospital. Same with my parents when they took me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Safety first. Yeah. It's terrifying. I have a roommate. No, I I have a roommate. I really miss her. She's one of my best friends. And she was always such a great support when it came to mental health stuff because she had her own experience to rely on. And I always appreciated that she never demonized my, my cutting. Um, and the way that she would support me would be to make sure that I would um, sterilize the wounds and take mm. care of the wounds and everything like that. So that was her way of making sure that I was okay. She wasn't going to tell me what I could and couldn't do with my body, but she was going to tell me how to take care mm-hmm. of it. And she would also tell me, please talk to me about it. Like, why are you doing this? And let's, figure this out right totally and with something like something like a a self-harm there are a lot of misconceptions and we could go on and on forever about the misconceptions about self-harm but people don't self-harm to kill themselves like if someone is self-harming that's not a a reason to call 911 necessarily unless they're really like getting close to a carotid artery femoral artery Mm -hmm. doing something that could result in death that's not the point of self-harm. If people are trying no. to kill themselves, they try to kill mm-hmm. themselves. Um, yeah. So I think that's a really great example. Um, 
and what a tough decision to for her to look and be like, I am not your therapist. I cannot tell you what to do, but I'm going to help you the way I can. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's incredible. And yeah. that's going off of her own experience. And I think that at yeah. the end of the day, everyone has their own experiences in one way or another. And you, at the end of the day, all you can really use is your gut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a true friend, someone who cares, will reach out and find a way to, 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 to help. Like your friends, their account, your roommates, for example, okay? Yeah. And, and Kate, the same again, your roommate, okay? They're two friends that came forward to help me. You know, they just react. They just handle it. They, they do something, okay? That, that's a benefit, okay? And I think that's so critical that, mm-hmm. you know, and so many people don't reach out to help because they don't know what to do. Well, ask. Okay, do ask. something. Okay, do something, okay? I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, your roommates know what to do. Okay, they they figured it out. They thought quickly. They yes. addressed it. They helped you. You know, they came through. You know, that's what what's, what's needed more. Okay, not this this sense of just step back because I don't understand. I'll just I'll just you know turn, be, be willfully blind to that situation and and, and move on. Okay. Yes. And and, it, and that's where the harm comes. Okay. Yes. And that the mm-hmm. re- sense of, re- of rejection, discrimination like we discussed. Okay, before, and those are the feelings that that, that arise. Okay. Where yeah. somebody can simply say, hey, what can I do? Exactly. Absolutely. And yeah. if even if, you know, once someone's stabilized, even if you don't have a single thing to know about mental illness, what do you know about? You probably know how to be a good friend. Exactly. That yeah. is your goal. That yep. is your role in their per- that person's recovery is being a good friend. Yeah. Almost everyone knows how to be a good friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say 99.99% of humanity has been a good friend or yeah. a good family member to someone mm. at that point, at some point in their life. And that is really like, that is your role. Mm. And you know, your, your friends, you know, yep. your family, right? Yes. You know them well enough that you can maybe in- instinctually assist them just mm-hmm. based off of who they are so absolutely that's pretty incredible I, I and I still think that it comes down you know to each relationship they're all going to be different but I do know that there is uh, that there are resources out there as well mm-hmm. I've heard amazing things about jack.org mm-hmm. yep I've heard that they assist with um when when people are flustered and don't know how to help their friends with mental illness, I think that's a resource that you can go to that tries to give you that step-by-step sort of training mm-hmm. and those sort of tools in order to assist. So that's also really great. Yes. I mean, Jack.org, the, the presentations they put on at, at the uh, you know, high school, universal level, are, they're phenomenal. Okay. We've had some people, some involved with living who are ambassadors with jack.org as well okay and awesome yeah and what they do okay it's phenomenal you know it, it's just you know you know, peers in the sense of you know people with lived experience of course but also the same de- demographics okay mm. and i think that is so critical okay you know that somebody of you know, the same age if you will same background sort of okay coming forth is to say this is what i have been through and to share that you know, at, 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 a, at a group, you know, in, at, in a high school, perhaps, I mean, that's phenomenal, okay, that that is so available now. But back in my day, okay, when I was ill, that didn't exist. Those, those resources weren't there, okay? So I'm, I'm yeah. so pleased to see that available now for, for, for people, okay? Like, yeah, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. I was wondering why I'd never heard of it before and I looked it up. Of course it's Canadian. I'll try to find yeah, yeah, I'll try yeah. to find something that's similar for my the, the, the US, US people. The US version we'll might be um, yeah, active minds is quite active in the US. Active okay. minds. Active in in minds. universities, okay. Very active. Okay, like yeah. Yeah, very similar, I think. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, we'll awesome. link to both of them. Yeah. 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 So what's the takeaway from this? What do you think? was the the key uh key theme in this conversation (laughs) i would say key number one is empathy can make up for a lot of wrongs Uh, if you're just trying and like he said we're gonna figure this out together that Mm -hmm. is a huge step in the right direction yeah it's a joint effort Mm -hmm. i think in any kind of uh healing recovery model okay the joint effort um and i agree both of you that you you said earlier okay the the notion of listening yes yes listen listen to yourself within yourself what you may need or not need okay and and then what you're going through and share that with your family and listen to what their thoughts may be as well okay you know with me the therapist was was part of the this this, the the, uh, discussion as well and that that's your team okay and and i was fortunate I, i had a team around me mm. and it, it, it's it's troubling and, and, and unsettling when i hear people who, who don't have that that opportunity to have people around who do help absolutely okay, so maybe this 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 little podcast here will help somebody i hope so yep. <laughs> yeah i hope so too because if not <laughs> i feel like i'm just listening to myself yeah it's important that we share this that's for sure I'm glad we had some different opinions on it. Um, I think that helps. And I would love to hear if anyone else has opinions, if they want to message Worth Living or just comment on wherever we post this. I would love to hear it. Or have different opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just let us know what we're saying, what, uh, right, what we're saying wrong. Mm -hmm. Do you have something to add? Like, oh my goodness, I would love to hear that. Yep. Please share. That's important. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It was great talking to you guys. Excellent. Yeah, good talk. Enjoyed it. Okay, important to do. Thanks for your help, everybody. Uh, talk next Kat week. Katie. Yeah, see y'all next week. <laughs> next Sunday, we'll see you. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.